0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Messy welcome, Walk welcome. Podcast. I'm Chloe, and I'm here with Pastor Adam, and we are continuing our conversation this week on spiritual warfare.
1: Episode um, 20, 28? Yeah, 28. Wow. I don't know how many
0: episodes, episodes I've been on now. I think I started on 25.
1: Quite a few. It's been 25. quite a few. Yeah, no, yeah something you must like be that. be doing all right. You got fired yet. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So far, I'm still sitting here with my job, so <laughs> <laughs> that's good, I think. I can't believe
1: we got 28 episodes. Yeah. It's hard to believe. you like, you know... I. I Sometimes things feel like we were talking about this earlier, like we were talking about sermons and series we preached and Mm -hmm. like, you know, one that we preached five weeks ago feels like it was two years ago. But then one that was two years ago feels like it was five weeks ago. Yes. Um, Part of me feels like we've been doing the podcast for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And then part of me is like, wow, how did we hit episode 28? Yeah. We just started two weeks ago. Yes, yeah, you know? I
0: remember when you guys started it in February. I remember being in my car and listening to it, and I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just been podcast?
1: it's cool, right? Yeah, yeah
0: that was awesome. So. the
1: podcast thing's really cool, and it's very easy to do for the most part. I mean, you know, we don't really know what we're doing, so we might be doing it wrong, but what right. we're doing so far, um, it's not that hard, it's not that difficult. And it's easy um, – you know, we do a lot of video in our world, mm-hmm. and especially especially with corona and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. the, the church world is doing a lot more video than it was before. So we do a lot of video stuff, and the podcast is just much more freeing than the video. Yes. Like, you know, you're not worried about what you look like, and you're not worried about lighting and all that randomness that comes along with it. Yeah. You know, we're just sitting here in front of some microphones. Make
0: sure you don't breathe heavy into the microphone. Yeah, that's, that's it. about it. Doesn't do matter constantly. what you look like. I do. We could record this podcast in our pajamas, and yep. nobody yep. would care. <laughs>
1: yep. And so we're just kind of hanging out and uh, yeah. talking, which is makes podcasting yeah. pretty easy. But I cannot believe it's episode 28. So, yeah. Thank you once again for listening, hanging in there, and like Chloe said, we are in this sort of series, I don't know what the word is when you do something like this, but what we've been doing for the last several episodes is we've been talking through spiritual warfare. We Mm -hmm. kicked this off with the idea that I believe that the biggest blind spot in Christianity currently, at least in American Western Christianity, because that's what I know, that's what I am a part of, um, is this idea that there is a spiritual battle, that there is spiritual warfare happening, and we seem to walk around like it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, We seem to be... Uh, ignoring I guess or maybe unaware that there is an is indeed an enemy and that he is indeed active and then there is a spiritual battle happening mm-hmm. around us all the time. and God wants us to be aware of that and know that it's not just what's going on on earth either. it's not just what's happening here in this in this world that we can see but also all around us and in the heavenly realms and stuff. so what we did was is we jumped into that scripture that talks through that, and then that led us into the, um, the armor of God. So mm-hmm. that scripture comes in Ephesians six twelve, 12, um, where it says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, um, but against the rulers, the darkness, the principalities um, on the earth and in the heavenly realms. Mm-hmm. And then that scripture then tells you because of that to put on this armor of God. And so you've got these p- different pieces in the armor of God that we've been talking through. So if you're new, you can go back and – or you missed a few episodes, you can go back and check them out. And you're just going piece by piece through that scripture, talking about those specific pieces of armor, um, because they really give us a full picture of what it is to be in spiritual battle and um, what we need to protect, what we need to use to fight, mm-hmm. what we need to um, bring, like we talked about last week, to bring in under the armor. And so yep. last week's probably one of my favorite episodes that we've done in a long time. And so if you missed that one, go back and listen to that one. That one was about the um, breastplate of righteousness. Um, that's in the last part of verse 14 of Ephesians 6. Um And that's probably my favorite one we've done so far in the series. Um, And today's is going to be a little bit different um, and one that's kind of skipped a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, There's two parts of the spiritual armor of God's scripture that I think are ignored, um, or at least I have ignored them, right, over the years. And so in the teachings that I have been a part of, but then also the ones I've just listened to um, and been, you know, the ones that have been preached to me, not me Mm -hmm. preaching, there's two pieces that kind of we blow over real quick. And one of those is the one we're gonna talk about today, and then the other one is the one we'll talk about the last episode of this series. So just threw a little cliffhanger out there for Ooh. you in podcast land. Right. <laughs> On
0: the edge of your seat. On the edge of your seat, <laughs> we'll
1: get to that last one. But this one's kind of ignored a lot. And so where we're at is we're in verse fifteen. I'll jump into that and I will read it. And then remember once again, please don't let the only Bible you get read be read to you by somebody. Please. Please read the word yourself. But yep. if you don't have you listen to this podcast and you do not have a Bible, Contact us, all right? We will
0: send you one. We will
1: mail you one, Happily. no questions asked, yeah. nothing. So go to our Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff and send us a message, and you know how to do that because you message people all the time on, on uh, Messenger. Don't act yep. like that you don't. And so <laughs> <laughs> send us a message, and we'll mail you a Bible, no questions asked. But make sure you're reading it on your own. So here's Ephesians 6, verse 15. It says, um, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Once again, we'll start to it. We'll read it again. You see this piece here. It's talking about, and with your feet fitted. So it gives you this picture of kind of like a shoe or some sort of foot covering. With your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Once again, let's all make sure we're on the same page, that all Paul is doing with this armor of God is showing us how to apply the gospel to our lives. Mm -hmm. So this one is sort of like applying the gospel to our feet. Yep. That's the whole thought here. And this feet thing is kind of kind of cool because uh, I don't know how often we think of this. And especially when we're talking about armor, we don't often think about this. But if you'll if you'll think about armor, um the feet are often covered in some way. I mean, you know, like even going going into anything that you do. Let's just say it's not a spiritual battle and we don't don't think Roman soldier right now like we did back in the day. But if you're going to go work on a job site, what you wear on your feet are, is important, mm-hmm. right? If you're going to go to the beach, what you wear on your feet is important.
0: Not sneakers. I'm <laughs> right? I not know. Sneakers. There's a
1: progression to that, by the way. So those of you that don't know, um, Feet and I have a very uh, interesting relationship. So maybe that's why I like talking about this one, um, and I'm not an anti-foot person. So as right. soon as I say that, people think, "Oh, he hates feet," because there's there's some people that have a Good. big I aversion hate. to feet, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> one of our staff members, her name is Stephanie Falk. I just threw her out there in the Oop, bus. She hate hates me. feet. So if you're around her and you got like an open-toed shoe on or a flip flop, rub it on her. Put it near <laughs> her. She, just it's awful. It's all, just throw her in the bus. Oh my anyway, um, I have have and have since I was a kid, extremely high arches of my feet. And so when I was a kid, I had to wear these special inserts and all this kind of stuff. And so I've developed this habit over the years of my feet feel best when my shoes are on my feet. So you don't ever see Adam Cook without his shoes on his feet. Matter of fact, I wake up in the morning, no matter what I'm going to do, I could be going out, I'm gonna wake up and go immediately mow grass. I shower first, I put my clothes on completely, including my shoes. And so most so days weird. that's a pair of boots. So they're so boots weird. and they have to have laces by the way. I don't wear them boots that you just pull on stuff like that. That's why I ain't a cowboy boot guy because there ain't no laces. Um, if somebody makes a cowboy boot with laces, I'd probably wear it. But
0: Oh my god, that's like the <laughs> worst, weird, like right? imagining that. It's <laughs> really an ugly shoe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I like my shoes on and then my shoes don't come off until time for bed. My kids and wife know that when my shoes come off, it's over for the evening. The it's over. done, and it's usually literally midnight by the time this happens. So oh my
0: god! My shoes go
1: on first thing in the morning. They don't come off till bedtime. Um, and if I have to go to somebody's house, we we will get to the scripture at some point. I promise. <laughs> if I have to, if I have to go to somebody's house who's all crazy about it, and they're like, you know, you have to take your shoes off before you enter my home. You've been to pussies like that? You've been? Yeah, there's some yes. folks like that. Um,
0: what do you do? You just don't go in. <laughs>
1: I'm go- I'm leaving them on. <laughs> oh <my gosh.
0: laughs> they're
1: gonna have to like lose their minds and force me out, I guess, or just dirt you know.
0: in their house.
1: I just ignore it. I'm bringing them in. Sometimes oh Valerie will be like, "I want you to take your shoes off the door," and I'll say, "Yes, ma'am, honey." And then the next day, I just hope that she doesn't notice. <laughs> Maybe she
0: forgot that she asked <laughs> it, me to do that yesterday. She's
1: like, "I want you to get yourself some house shoes." <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, like those sandals. It, like, like a lot of people wear. Have, like Mr. Like, Rogers' sandals.
1: neighborhood when he comes in, <laughs> takes off his work shoes and puts on his reading books to kids shoes yes. or whatever they're called. Anyway. Um, so that's just me. Yeah. Uh, and but but you brought up the beach thing. You know if you go on the beach, you pay attention to your footwear. It, right. It's just an important piece. It's an important piece of everyday life and everyday things you run into. Mm-hmm. And so it's an important piece of the battle. And I love that Paul puts this in here. And so here's the thing with this idea of feet and shoes. We often think of feet um in, in the battle, especially in this battle context. And Christians think about this way a lot. We think of feet um, to run away. Um, we think of feet as running away from things, and then that's peace, right? Because we yes. ran away from the stuff.
0: We avoided the problem.
1: Mm-hmm. And we think of – we're about to get some of you today. They're listening. You're I'm about offended to get already.
0: It.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Chloe's not, she already told me, she says I don't have a lot of authority to speak on this one. Yeah. So, um, and we not like to all. think of feet as passive, as peaceful, as running away. Um, but what we are seeing with this being as part of the battle here um, is that's not really what this is. It's saying your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We're applying the gospel of Jesus' peace to our feet, and it's not about running away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not about passivity. Um we have this weird thing, and I think it's an I think it's a, a, a lie of the enemy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that peace is something you make by running away. Mm-hmm. that peace is passive. Peacemaking and peacekeeping are two completely different things. And what Jesus calls us to, which remember, all we're doing with the spiritual armor is applying the gospel. And so what Jesus calls us to is blessed are the peacemakers not blessed are the peacekeepers peacemaking and peacekeeping are two completely totally different things Um, peacemaking takes work peacekeeping is run away be quiet ignore it just just don't say anything to preserve the peace but peacemaking is a whole different ballgame and that's why god is saying jesus is saying blessed are the peacemakers because to make peace, you have to actually be the person who goes into right. battle, yeah. right? And so this picture of feet here is that, that you are going into it, that they are active and in pursuing into the battle, not being passive and coming away from it. And so you know, this idea of peacemaking is something we need to think on a lot more because peacemaking requires you to actually pursue somebody, say there's an issue, say there's a problem, and be the one that brings it up peacekeeping is like ignore it you know um and it's so funny me and chloe were talking about this the other day preparing for this it's so funny we say peacekeeping but it's totally a lie because what in most situations that you're peacekeeping you're keeping your mouth shut you're being quiet ignore it like push it under the rug what peace is there that you're actually keeping they're in peace. It's nice. just hidden. It's just pretend. It's false. It's fake peace. Mm-hmm. So you can't really keep the peace.
0: And you know when stuff no like peace. that happens, there's no peace inside of right, you in right. that moment. You're like, oh, this is like so bad. This
1: is bad, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to yeah. be quiet, right? Yeah. And I know some of us grew up in families where um, pushing stuff under the rug is a big deal. Um, but it's weird. It's awkward. And somebody's got to be the peacemaker. And in yeah. Jesus, we are called to use, the, use our feet – to engage and go forward with peace. We're engaged to go into the battle and actually make peace, not just preserve or keep some false fake sense of peace that doesn't really exist. You know, and I mean, this is a big deal in our lives. I mean, everybody's been in a situation where you see this happening in some family. Now, here's the thing. We usually don't see this in our own families, right? Right. Because we've gotten used to, oh, that's just the way we do things. We don't talk about it. We brush it under the rug. Somebody blows up, acts crazy, we just ignore it, you know, whatever it may be. And so you don't realize that somebody's not actively making peace. And the mm-hmm. Christians in these relationships are called to actively make peace. You see this, me and Chloe were talking this the other day, she may or may not have been in a situation like this before, I don't know, and I may have just said too much. But anyway, <laughs> um, you, you know, where. Where you go to somebody's family or something for a holiday or whatever it may be, um, and you know you're new or in the family, or you're the friend that tags along, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, some of you younger folks, you can remember this, where you happen to be with your best friend at their family's Thanksgiving thing, right? Yes. And so you're the oddball on the outside, and you see all this dysfunction happening. You see all this stuff that's under the rug that nobody's mm-hmm. talking about, and the people that are with you, like your friend doesn't see. It. oh, no, that's just the way we are. That's just right. our family. Oh, no, we don't say nothing about that. We just let it roll. That's just Uncle John. That's just what he does. We just move on. But you, because you've got new fresh eyes, you're like, this ain't right. right? Something ain't right is, here. Something yeah. right here. Why don't they talk about this? Right. Why don't they get this out? Um, and really, to be truthfully honest, it just means that the, everybody's peacekeeping. They're not peacemaking, which is there really? there's really no peace to keep. Right. right, there's just a bunch of animosity and issues. And so this idea of spiritual battle is that we keep our feet ready with the peace of, of Christ, and we go into battle with that. You know, we go into battle with that peace of Christ, and, and we go on the aggressive, on the offense with this. And I'm going to bring up a personal story um, about what can really happen when we peace make instead of peace keep. Um, so my brother and I, you know, we're about six years apart. So, I'm the older brother, of course, the better looking one, the, you know, you know how it is. Like, that's just me. I'm the older oh, Every yeah, older brother yeah, thinks yeah. that, right? Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> anyway, I'm really not. And oh, so, uh, I'm the older brother. And uh, my brother and I are fine. We've, you know, my brother's actually a physician, um, he's a doctor, and I'm a pastor. My mama jokes around all the time that, you know, if she gets sick, she's got one son, and if she dies, she's got the other. And I was oh, like, mama, gosh. that's pretty messed up, first that's of awful. all. <laughs> and I was like, mom, and I, I don't only do funerals, you know. Right, so, right. <laughs> there's a little bit more to it than that. Right. Um anywho. Um she, <laughs> that's my mom's lame attempt at a joke, I think. But uh I
0: like it. It's
1: pretty funny. It's pretty funny. And so my brother and I were having these we were we were pop up at birthday parties and some Christmas stuff and you know, family holidays and his kids' birthdays and my kids' birthdays and stuff like that. And we're both married, we both have children. Um and there was this animosity between us. There was just this, you know, you could just feel it. Yeah. You know, it was just there. And um, I wouldn't do anything about it. Matter of fact, I remember making all the excuses, like talking about it behind his back, talking about it to my wife and going, well, I'm not bringing mm-hmm. that up. Mm-hmm. We don't bring stuff like this up in my family. We just push it on the rug, you know. <laughs> and so, yes. um, uh, and then he wasn't bringing it up. And I don't know why. I mean, that's between him and his reasons. But he wasn't bring it up. And it was just animosity. And it started to creep into... Our families and, you know, I, my mom could feel it. My dad could feel it. You know, all this kind of stuff. And um, a couple years ago, I think it's been two years now, somewhere around that range. After Christmas, he sent me a text and he went, you know, hey, you all right? And I talked to my wife and I had this check in my spirit where I can't answer back. No, yes, I'm OK. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I finally even though I didn't want to, and I wanted to throw up and mm-hmm. vomit at this, mm-hmm. you know, I finally said, No, I'm not. Okay. Mm. And I think you and I should talk about it. Um, yeah. You know, I think there's some stuff here and we should talk about it.
0: My hands are like starting yes, to sweat. Right, I'm like right. tensing up just thinking about sending in texts.
1: Like yes. Yeah. And, it was, and I was like <laughs> yeah. that too. It was like, and then of course, I did what you talked about last week worst case scenario. Like he's going to, he's going to tell me I'm crazy. You're playing it out
0: in your head. Right.
1: All these things. Of course, none of that crap happened because my feet were going into battle Mm -hmm. and I was going with the peace of Jesus and it was like, let's, it's time to make peace here. This is my brother. Mm -hmm. Right. He's my only brother. Like it's just me and him. Right. Right. And here's the thing about brothers. Like you may not be that close. Me and him are very, very different people. Mm -hmm. Um, There is no person on this earth that is closer to being like me DNA wise than my brother. Yeah. We are the closest two human beings in the world that are like each other, you know, in the core of who we are physically. Right. Mm-hmm. It's my brother. And I was like, I, 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 I got to go into this, you know, right. and of course, just so the credit is where credit is due. This is all my wife behind the scenes saying, this is what you should do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? um, she was being the absolute audible voice of the Holy Spirit saying. You can't let this go on. She's gotta, good about that. She's oh, like yeah. very
0: like we need to address. You gotta this. You got to make list. peace, you yes. know, make peace, and it's hard. I admire you know, that. Yeah. sometimes
1: you you know the peacemakers get branded sometimes as confrontational and as jerks, and they're not. They're really Christians that are making peace are going into the battle and yeah. taking territory that the enemy has taken by us doing a bunch of peacekeeping, right? And that's this picture that's happening in the scripture. The readiness, like your feet are ready to go. They are clothed in this, and they're going into battle, mm-hmm. um, and they're active. They're pursuing. They're not passive. And so, um, he he lives um, one direction. I live another direction. And so we decided to meet in the middle, and we didn't want to do it at my mom and dad's house because it'd be weird (laughs) and we didn't want to do it in the McDonald's or Starbucks or something um, because that would be even more awkward and uh, so we met at um, our Caswell campus which was about halfway between our homes and uh, there was some staff there that day and so they stayed in the office side and me and him went in the auditorium in the sanctuary and we threw down you know Um, we yelled and we cried uh, and we hugged, and we apologized. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, what was there really behind the scenes? What was there really under the rug? A bunch of really little stuff, yeah, you know, that could have been addressed so easily before. A bunch of misunderstandings, right, where that was not his intent or it was not my intent. right? Or that was in no way what he was saying and insinuating, but I took it some way because I had a spirit of offense. Um, just personally speaking, what the Lord's working on in my life, once again, through the voice of my wife, mostly, is that in this season, I have I, I, I found myself with a very big spirit of offense, you mm-hmm. know, that I take offense to things that people do or say or whatever, that half the time they weren't intending that even for me or, you know, you know what I mean? And so some of that was what was under the rug, but it was nothing. It was nothing huge. You know, like there was no big, big things that you were like, all right, I don't know if we can overcome this. It was just a bunch of little stuff, and so yeah. you know we finished that up and we hugged, and things have been remarkably better since then. And you know That's God awesome. God knows what he's doing when he pushes us to do this and pushes us into battle because yeah. we did not know that after that meeting that we were going to be talking a whole lot because my father was going to be having a bunch of of medical issues. Hmm. Um, and so we have talked and texted and stuff like that. Gosh, since since that conversation, and then with my dad having all these medical issues, mm-hmm. more than we have talked in the last ten years combined. Wow. Um, just in this last little period of time, um, and, and it was just it, it all came from taking those feet into battle, ready with clothed with laced up with the. The peace that comes from Jesus that yeah. applying that piece of the gospel um and I think that that's some real important because you know Jesus is pointing us to blessed are the peacemakers so so it's an active pursuit but what we also see in the scripture and this is what I'm trying to say in a very hard way because this is hard for me to talk about mm-hmm. um, is that feet are offensive weapons too they're not just defensive let me retreat they're offensive weapons and actually in the in the Christian life, what I've come to believe more and more so recently is that they're primarily offensive weapons. They're not primarily retreat defensive weapons. That as Christians and as the church itself commissioned, right? I mean we have we have marching orders, right? What's that mean? That we march with our feet in the battle. Like yep. Christ has given us marching orders to go into the world and make disciples, right? And He's given us the power of His Spirit coming on us in Acts one eight. And the great commission uh, in Matthew 28 of going into the world, wherever we go, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do everything that Jesus has commanded. Once again, doing what? Bringing them all underneath what the gospel is, which is right. just this whole picture of the armor of God is. And so yeah. um, our feet are offensive weapons because they carry us into battle. And so, what Paul is saying here, and I think you see this all over the New Testament, is that we overcome Satan by going on the on the offense with the gospel. Like we're not going to overcome Satan by just being on the defense with the gospel. Right. You know, we overcome it by going on the offense. And so, the gospel—we take the gospel into places, and we and we overcome him where he has overcome us. And so, the gospel is this thing that if we're going to fight the enemy. We have to take the gospel with us on the offense into the battle. And that's what this feat thing is talking about here, which I think is absolutely incredible. As his church, we are only healthy when we fight. And I don't mean fight other people. The church has got a bad habit of that and a history of not doing the first part of this scripture, of fighting people instead of the enemy. We, as his church, we are our most healthy, and I think we're only really healthy when we are the all on the offense and we are fighting against his plans and the way he's done things and the way he's captured people mm-hmm. and bound them down by his lies. We're only healthy when we're going on the offense and going in and fighting against that mess. Yeah. And that means that we've got to be peacemakers. We can't just be peacekeepers. And so our feet are extremely important and overlooked in this whole idea of spiritual warfare. Because we've got to engage in that. You know, the church is not a bunch of people huddled together to keep the bad out. And so we so often act like that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when you see a church that's declining considerably, their feet are retreating. They're not going out into the world and grabbing people that have been gripped by the enemy's lies and are on the doorstep of hell Mm -hmm. and pulling them into the gospel. You know, and what ends up happening is we go, okay, the world's getting bad. And so all of us, we're good because we know Jesus. And so let's huddle together. And so our circle starts to face. We hold hands. You know that picture of people holding hands and we're facing inward. Mm -hmm. That's not the picture of of of, of the church. The church is a group of people holding hands together because we're one body, facing outward, you know, going on the attack and then adding to that circle as it gets bigger and bigger. And so we all of a sudden end up being this, erroneously being this church that's huddled together to keep the bad out. But instead what the church is, is a people beating down hell's gates. That's what this armor piece right here about the feet is talking about. We are a people who have the peace of Jesus and we're beating down hell's gates to be able to grant that peace, give that peace, pass that peace along yeah. to everybody, you know. Um, I think we put this down on the notes. The, Jesus is, is um, looking over Caesarea Philippi in Matthew 16, um, 18, and he says to Peter, I tell you, Peter, that on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, in some of your versions, or the gates of hell, Right mm-hmm. is the reference here, will not overcome it. Think about that scripture for a second. The gates of hell will not overcome it. Gates is a defensive weapon. And so the, the picture here, don't miss the picture in the scripture. Jesus is real specific. The picture here is that the gates of hell are kind of holding back what they got inside. They're holding back the people that they've grabbed, the, the, the ways in which they've grabbed certain things in this world, and they're holding mm-hmm. it back. And it's saying that the gates won't prevail against us. Well, gates don't go after anybody. Gates don't beat anything down, right? It's us doing the beating down of those gates. And so it's, in other words, what it's saying is is that the gates won't hold us back as his church because he's the one building it, right. right? It's his gospel. If we apply that to our feet and we go into battle, the gates of hell won't hold us back. So we can actually push those things down, ram them in, and grab our brothers and sisters and our friends and... Um, and our enemies and anybody that doesn't know Christ and the gates aren't going to keep us from doing that. We're going to get them back because Jesus is building his church. And not just that, but all these little ways in which he's got a little foothold. He's got a little stronghold. He's got a little spot like in my brother's life, you know, me and my mm-hmm. brother's life. We go on the offensive. We go in and go, no, your gates ain't going to hold me back from grabbing that relationship and bringing it back into the light, bringing it back into the, conformity of the gospel Mm -hmm. um and i just think that it's absolutely profound and we as a church have got to stop when i say we as a church i mean his holy church all around i'm talking about one in particular i'm talking about mine i'm talking about yours i'm talking about his church all around we got to stop thinking that we're just supposed to huddle together and keep the bad out and be on the offensive all the time our feet need to be going towards the battle right and we are taking peace with us when we go Every single Christian I know, for the most part, needs to work on peacemaking, and there is there is a spiritual battle in peacemaking that is happening, and Jesus is telling you that he is giving you the armor for it, and then he's also giving you a promise to say, if you'll go on the offense with the gospel, I'll build my church.
0: Hmm.
1: If you'll go on the offense for the gospel... I am going to make sure that those things come back into conformity. I am going to build my church. I'm going to grab people that you can't grab. But by us going into it, mm-hmm. we're able to use the gospel in that way. This feet thing is massive, massive. You know, I mean, we talked about last week this breastplate thing being so huge. But when we come to the feet part, you got to be aggressive with the piece of Jesus that he's given you. Because there are people that want it and need it. I mean – this world around us right now, nothing screams out to me more. I, I hear nothing louder that from this world right now other than it needs peace that only comes from Jesus. Yeah. And we're supposed to have it. So what are we doing? Just hold it to ourselves? We just keep yeah. it to ourselves? Like, I got mine, but I don't have enough for anybody else. <laughs> good or, luck to all of good you. Good luck to everybody yeah. else. Right. I mean, you know, we've got to be able to go on the offensive with it. And that's why this peace making thing is so huge. Who's going to do that? Other than Christians. yeah, Who's going to do it? Who's going to, to peacemake other than Christians? We are compelled and called to do it. I mean, at the end of the day, we are peacemakers because Jesus was a peacemaker for us. He came. He initiated. We love because he first loved us. He came to us and he initiated and did what we could not do. And so he was making peace, making a way for peace for us. And if he is our Savior, then we do what he did, right? We do what he did. That goes back to that Great Commission thing, right? Teaching everybody to obey all the things I taught you. We do what he did. And if he, if he is a peacemaker, then we are peacemakers. We cannot be peacekeepers. And this armor peace is extremely important for us to know yeah. that we have a task in this. And so we've got to engage and go into battle. So I would ask you as we go to wrap up, I would ask you to start just thinking through real simple steps on this is if you're a Christ follower, if you're a believer, where where and who do you need to make peace? And then you get your feet ready with the peace of Jesus and you roll into battle. Yeah. And you got a promise here saying that the gates of hell are not going to keep you out from that. So so he's, he's got your back. Mm-hmm. He's with you. Yep. So who's that person today that when I started talking about my brother conversation, you stopped listening to me and you started thinking about her or him? Who's that person? You know, and, and they're going to be somebody close to you. Yeah. Or you wouldn't care. It's not going to be some stranger that made you mad at Walmart, which, by the way, is every person in Walmart. Yeah. It's not It's not going to make you, including me when I'm in there. It's not. It's not going to make you think about that. It's going to be somebody close to you. And then the enemy is going to want to keep you from doing this. He wants to keep your feet passive because the gospel is offensive. The gospel is moving forward. The gospel is taking ground from the enemy. And so who's that person? They're probably going to be close to you. It's not going to be fun. But if you're the Christian, you've got a mandate on your life to make peace
0: yep.
1: and go into that battle and make that peace And pursue it and push forward. You can't control how they're going to act. You can't control what's going to happen. None of that stuff. That's because you ain't building the church. He is. And so he'll figure all that out. But who's that person? Prayerfully consider it. And then go into it and you don't even have to tell them that you're going to talk to them because a podcast made you do it you don't have to say that so you just yeah. <laughs> you just you just go for it right,
0: right just go for it I was actually listening to a podcast the other day not this podcast because I don't listen to us talk but um I was listening to a different podcast and it was I think it was actually Charles Stanley oh that's a big one being interviewed yeah. yeah and he was talking about how his grandfather from Danville by the way he is? yep no. Born way. born
1: in Axton, right down the street.
0: That's so called cool. into
1: ministry right here in the middle of Danville at Moffitt Memorial Church, right no on North Main Hill.
0: Freaking way. Yep. Okay, that is really cool. So Anyway, I I had no idea about that. But I was listening to him being interviewed on a podcast, and he was saying that um, when he was younger, he used to go and hang out with his grandfather, and his grandfather used to tell him all the time, be obedient to God and leave the consequences to him.
1: That's his thing. Charles Stanley's yes. been saying that for like yes. 80 years. I had
0: never heard that till the other day, so I guess I'm like behind. But um, I he, just thought that kind of ties in. Cause yeah, like, I think
1: he says it like his way of saying it right. is do what God says and leave the and leave the rest to Him. Do right. what God says, and leave the consequences to yes. Him. Yes. Yep.
0: Yeah, and I just felt like that tied in because, like, you know, we're talking about like you can't control when you go to make peace, which I really need to work on this more. I've like slowly grown in a little bit, but I yeah, definitely you've done work better recently. Thank you. Working um, in
1: the church. We'll you force you to do it. Yeah. Before this, it. I worked
0: in a coffee shop, and like you can go home at the end of the day, and it's whatever you make coffee, and like yeah, somebody made you mad, but like you just move on. You can't really do that. You can't the do it in the like church, this. you know. Yeah. And, and
1: the and the mission of the church is too important for that, you know. And we if we don't watch it, we'll let this stuff end up hindering the mission of the church. Yep. Yeah. And it all kind of comes back to, well, dang, why didn't you? Make peace, right? Yeah. Why didn't you do something about it? You know, and the enemy loves that, man. He wants to derail us all. He's, he's looking for living rooms everywhere with rugs, with so much stuff underneath them that nobody talks about, yeah. right? Because he knows, he knows that if we expose it to the light of the gospel, there is healing, there is power, there is forgiveness, there right. is love, there is joy, there is peace. Like the fruits of the spirit are going to be all over it. Mm-hmm. If we'll expose it, and so he wants to keep it under their rug. He wants yeah. every family like that, every church like that, every relationship like that. You know, he, that's what he wants. And so we go into battle when we don't do that. You know, yeah. I, I'm proud of the moment my brother and I sat down because we were basically telling the devil he could go back to where he came from, mm-hmm. um, or he could go home rather, mm-hmm. and uh, and taking that ground back. You know, right. and so. Man, what a good word from Charles Stanley. That's yes. awesome.
0: Yeah, ooh, that was a good. good hey, let's podcast. get Charles Stanley on the podcast. Oh, please, that'd be so cool. That'd be awesome. That'd be so cool. I like the way his voice sounds. I don't know if anyone listening has ever heard him speak, but on this podcast, it was like very like calm. Like, Charles
1: Stanley was the was, so was cool. the preeminent American pastor for a very long time, and his son now, Andy Stanley, is sort of like America's preeminent pastor now. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing family of God. Yeah. And it's all because it came from Danville. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's what happens when you're from Danville. So that's anybody who's listening so not from Danville, sorry. Right, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. <laughs> sorry but. that you're not from Danville.
0: <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us again today. Thank um, you. Don't forget to make it personal like what Adam was saying, and um, myself included, thinking about someone that you need to make things right with, the person that came to mind when you were listening to this podcast it's typically a person that's close to you, like yep. you said, not someone from Walmart or anything yeah, like Yeah, you know, that. making
1: things right, making peace doesn't mean, I want to make sure we say this before we go, and uh, I don't know, making peace doesn't mean that you remove all the boundaries that may need to be in place for a particular person. Right. That's not what that means. Or, it doesn't mean you put yourself in harm's way, it doesn't mean that you, you know, but it does mean that you don't let those things be unsaid. And that you pursue and push for peace, even if that peace with that person has particular boundaries around it. That is completely okay. That is completely biblical, by right. the way. So, just want to throw that in yes. there. A little quick, little add-in. Yes, right?
0: making things right doesn't always mean like, oh my gosh, and we're best friends. Yeah, we're again. best friends again. Yeah. No, it
1: actually and it rarely does that. You yeah, know? it's not going to do that because there's a reason you probably had the issues to begin with. You know, to begin with, right? right? So,
0: right.
1: Anywho, yeah, yeah, that's all we got to say
0: it's good stuff <laughs> alright thank you guys yeah we're done for real this time yeah, for real um, this time signing off thank you guys for joining us don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram where we have all of our updates for podcast episodes and um, other cool stuff like that um, we'll see you next week yep, thank, thank you, for you guys for joining us see you later have a great one thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday have a good day